you have your Bibles, grab them quickly. Turn to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 11. going to read a few verses here. We're going to start in verse 17 for today. This is what it says. When Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. The he being Lazarus, by the way. When Jesus came, Lazarus was already in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off where it says 15 stadia, which means two miles. Two miles off. Next slide. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. So then Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. See, I'm relying on this right now because my words are too small. And if I lose my place, I can't find them again. (laughs) Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd have just came when I told you to come. Lord, if you'd have just showed up the way I wanted you to show up. Lord, if you'd have answered me in the way that I wanted you to answer me, then my brother would not have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Amen. Yeah. But Martha says to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. I know that one day he'll rise again when it's all ends and and God calls us all home. I, I know he'll rise then. That's what she's saying. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe, do you believe this? Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us and we're able to behold his glory, the glory of the only son of God. And I pray this morning, Lord, that I would decrease and your spirit would increase in this place. I thank you that your presence is here. I can feel you. And I pray that you would just continue to rest on us in this place this morning. I pray for your spirit to give us wisdom and revelation so that we can know you better. Lord, open our hearts to receive. God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what it is you're trying to tell us today. Reveal to us what you desire from us this morning, Lord. And let us be in a place to receive that and then be doers of it, not just hearers, but but doers of what you're expecting of us. I pray that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, before you're seated, tell seven people, I don't know. Tell a bunch of people. Say, he is resurrection, so I am resurrected. He is resurrection, so I am resurrected. He is resurrection. So I am resurrected. Amen. Good morning, CWC. Man, I tell you, I miss you guys uh, last week. And so look, I'm just going to assume you miss me so it doesn't get weird, you know what I mean, up in here. But uh, yeah, man, I miss you guys when I'm I'm gone, that's for sure. Uh, For real, like as soon as I leave, I can't wait to get back. And that is the truth, man. You can ask my lovely wife if you don't believe me. But it's funny because she loves to travel. I hate to travel. I hate it. She loves to sleep. I hate to sleep. So it's a good thing like opposites attract, right? It's a good thing because, man, we couldn't get more opposite from one another. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, it's so good. So good to be here. I'm glad to be with all of you. So glad that all of you are with us. And if you're a guest with us, whether that's in-house or tuning in online, man, we welcome you. 
We are so excited that you decided to join us today. Now look, if you were a guest with us last week, then I'll just apologize because you had to meet Pastor Micah Marshall. Um, now, now obviously, no, nah, he's great, man, I'm kidding. He's our youth pastor, like he said. He's the, also the founder and director of Refuge Youth Network that I have the privilege and the honor of serving on the board with him of. And yeah, man, Micah did a great job, didn't he? Man, he did a great job. He did a great job bringing the word of God. And I got to be honest, man, it's, it's really comforting for me to know that when I leave, I'm leaving everyone in good hands, that you guys are going to get the word of God. Not a bunch of opinion, um, but God's word. And so, yeah, man, he did a great job. But, but I'm back and I'm ready. And uh, I hope you guys are ready to receive. Come on, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Amen. Good, good. Well, look, before I hop into the message and give you the title of our our message today, I want to share something with you just really quickly because I want us to celebrate this together, um, which is is so important to do because we're called the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And so we're heading in a direction all together, hopefully. Um, And and man, how much we can accomplish if we come together and and, and seek God and what he wants to do. Man, God operates exponentially through a bunch of people who will go after him together and and ask him what he would would have them do. And so I just want to share this with you because a couple weeks back, um, some of you remember that we had the Belize food drive right? We had that Belize food job. Yeah, come on. And, and look, for those of you who aren't aware of what I'm talking about in the nation of Belize, there is a children's home called Liberty who at any given time has over 30 kids there, um, that are living there, staying there. And, and man, we've, we've had this distinct privilege and honor to partner with truth quest ministries to do all kinds of different things uh, for them down there. And those, those kiddos, and recently, Miss Lori Walk from Truth Quest Ministries came to me and said, hey, you, you know, do you think we could do a Belize food drive? And I was like, yeah, sure. Be- because what happened was when the pandemic hit, it shut down their borders completely. Like no one in and no one out. And they were having trouble getting food and different items like that. And, and so, man, I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And so what we did was we printed off a bunch of envelopes and then we passed them out to all of you and asked you guys to pray. And to ask God, God, what would you have me give towards this mission, towards this food drive? Um, And and that's what you guys did. You took the envelopes. Well, hopefully you did. And you took it home and you prayed and you asked the Lord what you should do. Which is so important, by the way, because all you need to do is be faithful with what God speaks to you. You don't have to be faithful to what God speaks to me. You, You don't have to do that. Just what God speaks to you. And when we do what God tells us to do, guess what? He'll multiply it for us. He does it every single time. It's actually incredible how he does it. And so he did it again. And, and man, you guys went, brought back those envelopes on March 21st. And we were able to raise nearly $20,000. Yeah. Because of your generosity and your hearts um, to serve God the best way that we possibly can, nearly 20 grand we were able to raise uh, to send these kids food and so that they eat good. Amen. So again, thank you, CWC. I'm telling you, man, I'm overwhelmingly blessed to be a part of what God is doing amongst us. And I promise you the best is yet to come. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. 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 Okay. Let's hop into the message today. And I'm just going to go right off the bat, give you the title of today's message. It's the miracle of resurrection. Come on, say that with me. The miracle of resurrection. Tell your neighbor again. He is resurrection, so I am resurrected. Listen to me. If you're here today, I'm telling you, I like to interact and have you guys help me preach. Right? Like this is is not a time just to come and watch me. I'm going to have you engage with me. Amen. Amen. This is a a two-way street here. But um, yeah, so... That's the, the name of the miracle of resurrection. Now, I was thinking about titling it something different. And I was going to title it, um, Do You Believe This? Do you believe this? But man, it didn't make the cut. The miracle of resurrection did. So <clears throat> that's the name of it. And look, we, we just celebrated Easter Sunday, right? That some call Resurrection Sunday. We just celebrated that a couple 
weeks ago. And you know, I felt like before even Easter Sunday, the Lord spoke to me that we would continue talking about the resurrection even after we celebrated the resurrection. And so <clears throat> that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do today. And so if you have your Bibles, grab them, flip to John chapter eleven really quickly, or if you have your iPhone or your Android or whatever tablet or, or whatever, and I'm just going to trust that you're not going to be scrolling through the gram or, you know, Facebook taking selfies, right? Like that you're actually going to turn to the word of God with me in John chapter 11. And uh, yeah, because it's here that, that man, we're going to find the meat of what God wants to deliver to us today. And, and I've got to be really honest with you because there's so much in John chapter 11. I mean, there's so much in it. It wasn't hard for me to find what to say. What was hard was to limit what to say. It was hard because the, the reality is I have just a short time with, with you guys to spend with you sharing the word of God. And so I've got this limited amount of time, but a whole lot that God wants to say. And, and so, man, I had to really press into the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord, highlight what your people need highlight it God so that there is transformation that takes place through the resurrection did you know that's why he is the resurrection and the life because he wants to bring transformation to our life and so I believe that God did that for us today <clears throat> and one of the things I think is very important for us to understand right off jump street is that John is writing this account from a, a, a perspective of hindsight. That's how he's writing it, which is always a great perspective, right? I mean, the old cliche, hindsight is twenty twenty, is is so true. It's so true. And because it's so true, man, I'm always praying and asking God for prophetic insight so that everything becomes hindsight to me. You know what I'm saying? Because like, listen, man, for, for someone like me, I really don't like surprises. If you're ever thinking about doing something for me, uh, just hint, drop a, no, I'm just kidding. But <clears throat> drop a seed in your heart. Yeah. Don't surprise me. Just tell me, man, because I'm going to really like it better that way. I can remember as a kid at Christmas time, um, I was so bad. I, I couldn't stand surprises. And so I would go in underneath the tree and I'd pull out one of the gifts that mom had wrapped and I would crack the corner up, you know what I'm saying? Like get a hold of the tape and pull it and pray. Like, Lord, please don't let the paper rip because if my mom catches me, she's gonna wear my butt out. And she did multiple times in life, still scarred working through it. And so <clears throat> I would crack it open and look in it just to see what it was. This is how much I did not like surprises. I just don't like them. And so, man, you, you can imagine, because that's my outlook on life, at times life becomes really difficult uh, for me at times. Because me, man, I'm, I'm just like, hey, I just want to know. I just, I just want to know what is, what is happening so that I can prepare for it. See, I think life would be a whole lot easier if we had the insight of hindsight. I think it'd be a whole lot easier. You know, it's funny, a couple months ago, actually several months back, right? My, my wife comes to me, um, Julie, who is the, the lady up here today, helping lead us in worship, just in case you're not aware of it. But she comes to me and she says, hey, honey, we should invest in Bitcoin, okay? I don't know if you guys are hip to any stock markets or cryptocurrencies or anything like that. But anyway, she was like, we should really invest in Bitcoin. And I was like, no way. Like, I can't, I just can't bring myself to do it because I don't know what's going to happen to it, right? Like, because I'd already watched it go from like $19,000 and plummet down to 3,400. And I'm like, I can just see all the money we put in gone. You know what I mean? Like, it just disappeared. And so I was like, man, the bottom could fall out at any minute, honey. I can't, I can't do it because I don't know what's going to happen to it. Now, if you do follow it, then you know that Bitcoin shot through the roof, okay? It just took off. It went from 3,400 up to $64,000, and so, yes, she was right, <clears throat> and I was wrong, and she loves to hear that. She don't hear it often, though, because I'm typically right, but, but she, was, she was right, man. And I sat down the other day, and I don't know why I did this, I guess just to torture myself, but I acted like we did invest it, okay? And I'm doing the math, right? I'm doing the, I'm a, I'm a knucklehead, right? So I'm like, if we would have, this is what we would have made, 
if I'd have just known, that's why I said, if I'd have just known what it was going to do, man, it could have really benefited my family. But man, that's, that's just not how life works, does it? Life doesn't work that way. We don't have the insight of hindsight right now in the moment that we're in. See, life is just unfolding in front of us. And we got to deal with it as it comes at us. And some of the surprises that come at us in life are very good surprises. Just like those Christmas presents were going to be good surprises. I just don't like surprises. But some of the surprises are really really bad surprises. And sometimes those surprises that come our way are not even a direct result of what we did. Like it had nothing to do with us, but yet we're getting hit by these things, an onslaught of stuff and wasn't our choice. It was someone else's choice to do those things. And now we're dealing with it. And so because we don't have the insight of hindsight all the time, the question has to be then, how do we make it through a life, through this thing called life, when we have no ability to see and no ability to control the outcomes? No ability to control what's coming at us a lot of times. So how do we make it, how do we make it through it? I think it's a great life question. And I believe that in John chapter 11, that God helps us to at least receive some answer towards that question. Maybe not fully answer the question. I think we're constantly learning as we go through life, but, but God does give us a foundation here in John chapter 11, a foundation in which we stand on no matter what comes our, our way. See, in John chapter 11, he's writing from the perspective of hindsight as he is telling this story. See, John wasn't sitting and journaling as these events unfolded. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like he wasn't going and, and recording it to his Instagram story. You know what I mean? Like, hey, look what happened today. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's not making a docu-series for Netflix. He's not trying to get content for the YouTube channel. That's not what he's doing. He's an old man. He's old now. And, he, and he's looking back over his life. And he begins to write about this, this story. Begins to, to tell these events as they unfolded. He's, he's at the end of his life, looking back at his life and writing these things down. So he's writing it with, with hindsight. And in John chapter 11, right, it's the story of Lazarus. It's the story of Lazarus. Now, now look, I'm, I'm gonna go through it really, really quickly, guys, by the way. Um, and so, man, go home, though, today and read the entire chapter from verse 1 to verse 57. It will bless your heart. I'm telling you, there's so much there. So I'm going to go through it really quickly for the sake of, of time. But John tells us here in chapter 11 that there's this man named Lazarus. Lazarus has two sisters, Martha and Mary. And he describes it like, man, Jesus loved them dearly. He loved them and they loved him and they had given their lives to Jesus, constantly trying to be with Jesus and around Jesus because they, they believed in him to an extent of who he was because they seen all the miracles that he had, had performed. But then all of a sudden, right, life hits them, boom, just sucker punches them. Out of nowhere, they, they weren't expecting this to happen. So they get hit with this surprise, not a good surprise. Matter of fact, a very, very bad surprise. Lazarus becomes very sick. Sick even unto to death. And so Martha and Mary do exactly what Martha and Mary should do. They did it perfectly right. They called on the name of Jesus. It says they sent word to Jesus. How many of you realize, you realize this, that in a crisis, you run to Christ? Do, do, you, do you understand that? That in a crisis, you run to Christ? We, we can't never forget, never forget 
that he is our very present help in times of trouble. He is. We can't forget that we are to lift our eyes into the hills for where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We can never forget that in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, God says to us, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. This is what he's saying to us. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my mighty righteous right hand. Proverbs 18.10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Meaning, man, he's there for us. So in a crisis, we must run to Christ because he's the only one that can help us. He's the only one that can save us. But how many times, how many times, how many times do we run to other people, places, and things? How many times do we try to try to help ourselves, try to, try to save ourselves. How many times do we run to those things? How many times do we run to, to a person, a boyfriend or a girlfriend thinking they're gonna save us? Or we, we think we can, we can move locations. Like, let me get rid of my problems by just completely uprooting my life and moving somewhere else as if a change of scenery is going to give us the help we need. Or how many times do so many of us just self-medicate? Well, I'll just, I'll just take this pill or that pill or drink that drink and, and man, that'll, that'll help me escape all of it. But we only find out when we run to something other than Jesus that at the end of it, none of those things could help us. Not one of those things had what we need in order to save us, not one. Why? Because it's only Jesus that can satisfy us. It's only, it's only him. And see in John chapter 11, Martha and Mary, they understand it. They get it. And so they knew where to run in their time of trouble. It says that they, they, they call on Jesus. They send a message to Jesus because Jesus wasn't with them. He was somewhere else with others helping them, saving them. So he went with them. And so they write this thing and they, and, and, they, and they say to him, man, you need to get here now because the one whom you love is sick. Because the one whom you love, this is how they worded their letter, which by the way, I love it. I love it because they understood that Jesus loved them. You know what I find to be so true? There's so many of us that need to understand God's love for us. We, we, we really, really need to under, understand that. That Jesus couldn't love us any more or any less than he loves us right now. Right in the moment we find ourselves in, no matter how deep of a mess we've created in our own lives, it doesn't matter. God could never love us any more or any less than he does right now. Now, look, many of us could prove our love for him a lot more than probably are. But as far as his love for us, he couldn't love us any more or any less than he does right now. That he does right now. So he desires to save us. He desires to help us. Why? Because he he loves us. And see, Martha and Mary, they, they knew this. They knew they were loved by him, so they had no problem calling out to him. You'll call out to people you know love you. You'll run to the people that love you. This is why we got to understand that God loves us. But when Jesus hears this, right, when he hears that Lazarus is sick, even sick unto death, he looks at the disciples and those around him and he says to them, he says, yeah, but this sickness, it won't end in death. It's for the glory of God to be revealed in the son of God. And this is what happens in verses three and four. All that takes place in verses three and four. But when you hit verse six, it gets a little strange. It gets a little strange. So we're gonna read it. And, and this, is, this is what it says. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where 
he was. Like what? Now let's just inject ourselves in the story for a moment, man. I don't just like to read the Bible. I like to get into the Bible. I don't want to just retell the Bible. I want to reveal the Bible in my life. So let's just, let's just hop into the story for a moment and, 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 and let, let's get, let's get this straight. So here it is, right? Jesus loves Lazarus. Lazarus loves Jesus. Jesus finds out that the one he loves is sick, sick, even to the point of death. And when he hears about this, when he receives this news, he just stays where he is. He just stays there. Now, look, I don't know about anyone else here in this room, but maybe you're more righteous than me. But man, if this was my brother, I'd be really upset with how this is transpiring. Super upset that Jesus didn't respond right away to me. Because after all, you got to remember, these people were there with Jesus. So they, they were, they were eye count of witnesses, right? They, they saw Jesus open blind eyes. They saw Jesus heal every single person he ever prayed for. They seen Jesus as he opened up deaf ears. He, they, they watched as he had already raised people from the dead. He, they already seen all that. And they know Jesus didn't know them at all. They had been there and seen so many miracles, so many signs, so many wonders performed by Jesus. Matter of fact, one time they were, they were with Jesus and he, he multiplies two fish and, and loaves to feed over 5,000 men. And who knows how many ch women and children. Most people think it was 12,000 people with that little bit, they were there. They were there when, when the mass crowds gathered around Jesus and there were so many people there that he healed, they couldn't even count them. There was no way to count all the people Jesus was healing and they knew he didn't know them at all. He didn't even know them. And now my brother Lazarus is sick, the one whom you do know, the one who does believe in you. Most of them people didn't even believe in you. We believe in you. We've given our lives to you. But when you find, when you find out he's sick, you don't even... You don't even respond. You remain there for two more days. Like it blows my mind. And then you start thinking like, did we read it right? Is that actually what it says? Or did we leave out a word somewhere that messed up the context? So let's just read it again one more time. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. We read it right. That's exactly what it says. Now look, if you read verses three through verses six, and let's say we're doing a paraphrase translation of the Bible, let's just say, right? For argument's sake, we're not gonna do a word for word translation, we'll do a paraphrase. And so we'll read all those verses together, three through, through six, and we'll, we'll kind of read between the lines a little bit and just pull some things out. And if we did that, this is what it would say. It would say, because Jesus loved Lazarus, he remained where he was for two days. Because Jesus loved Martha, Mary, he remained right where he was. He didn't go to them immediately because he loved them. And man, this can be really, really confusing. Super confusing if we don't understand that Jesus is always operating from the perspective of hindsight. Always. See, see, listen, you gotta hear that. The Bible says that Jesus is the first and the last, that he is the beginning and the end, that he is the alpha and omega. The Bible says that he is before all things, past tense, that he is in all things, present tense, and that he is after all things, future tense. Simply revealing to us that Jesus is always looking from the perspective of hindsight. He's already seen it all unfold right in front of us. But see, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, they, they don't know that. They, they, have, they have no clue, man. They, they have to deal with all this as all this unfolds. They don't, they don't have the luxury 
of hindsight. They don't have it. They're just making it through this situation the best possible way that they knew how to make it through the situation. And because Jesus doesn't go to them right away, Lazarus dies. He dies. And in verse 17, which is where we picked up our story earlier at the beginning, it's our main text for the day. It says this, that when Jesus finally arrived on site, Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. And when Jesus, right, when he, when he gets there, Martha and Mary respond probably the way most of us would respond, at least in the way I would respond. Matter of fact, it says that Martha doesn't even wait for Jesus to come. She runs and meets him, heads him off on his way to their house and stops him. And she, she, she says to him, man, if you would have just, if you would have just been here, right? If you would have just came sooner, Jesus, my brother would still be alive. If you would have just came. In other words, what she's saying this, if you'd have done it the way I asked you to do it. If you would have just come when I told you to come, everything would have been fine. My brother, Jesus, my brother would still be alive. The one you love, the one you say you love would still be alive. And you know, I wonder, I wonder how many times do we do this exact same thing to Jesus? How many times? How many times have we wanted Jesus to do something for us? How many times have we asked him maybe to save a job that we have or to save some relationship that we're in? But he doesn't do it. He lets it die. He lets it die. And we're like, Lord, 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 if you would have just come sooner, if you'd have just came when I told you to come, everything would be fine. Everything would be just, just fine. How many times have we asked God to show up in our situations, but he doesn't show up the way we want him to show up? And so we're like, man, if you'd have just done it the way I said to do it, I'd still have that job. I wouldn't be lonely and single. Man, if you'd, have just, if you'd have just came when I told you to come, everything would be fine. My brother would still be alive. And Jesus' response to Martha is real straightforward. He says, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha's response back to Jesus was, I know that he will eventually, like, like I, I, I believe in you, sort of. That's kind of what James says, what you believe that God is one, well, good for you because even the demons believe that and shudder at his name. Be a doer of the word and not hearer only so you deceive yourself. See, Martha's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do believe in you partially, but not, not fully. See, she's, she's trying to, to deal with life as it's coming at her. And Jesus says to her, no, no, hold up, hold up. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? You know, I was thinking about how people in the world, right? How the world says to us, you have to see it to believe it. Am I the only one that's ever heard that? Yeah. You have to see it to believe it. But you know what God says? God says, you've got to believe it before you're going to see it. The world says something opposite. You got to see it to believe it. God says, no, no, believe it. Then you'll see it. Then you will. This is why the Bible instructs us to walk by faith, not by sight. 
Jesus is like, do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that I have your best interest in mind? Do you actually believe that I'm working all things? Even in the midst of death, even in the midst of terrible circumstances, I'm working all things. How does he do that? I don't know, I'm not God. The depths of his understanding, no man can fathom. But I'm working, do you believe I'm working all things together? Do you believe this? You know, when I was studying for this message, the, the Lord reminded me of something that I read not too long ago in a book doing this leadership thing. And, and in the book, the author wrote something that just stuck with my heart. He said, he said, without a death, there can be no resurrection. Without death, there can be no resurrection. You see, in the story of Lazarus, if Jesus would have come when they said to come, if he would have done it the way they said to do it, there would have been no death and no resurrection. And the many who believed in him that day would not have believed in him. See, if you continue reading the story, you continue reading it on down through the rest of the chapter like you're gonna do today, amen, when you get home. <laughs> if you continue reading it, you'll see how Jesus used his death and resurrection to reveal a greater outcome, to reveal a greater truth, to reveal a greater trust. He was using it for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, and all those who are around to fully believe in him. Because remember, she sort of believed, but yet. So he was wanting their, their full trust. Do you know why? God is ultimately after your trust. That's what God is after. He's after your trust. He wants you to trust him in even the most difficult circumstances of life and even the most little circumstances in life. He wants to be a part of every aspect of your, of your life. It's beautiful. See, we must trust that God is operating from the perspective of hindsight. And that he knows what needs to die so that he can bring resurrection life. He knows it. And I felt like this morning the Lord wanted to tell somebody, whether it's in-house or tuning in online, to let it die. Let it die. Let that relationship die. Let that career die. Let that addiction die. Let that shame die. Let that guilt die. Too often, we think death equals failure, but God says death equals opportunity. Too often, we think death is failure. God says, no, 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 it's opportunity. It's opportunity. Too often, I find so many people who, who allow other people, places, and things to hold on to them, even though those people, places, and things are dragging them Away from, away from what God has for them. And today, God says, let it die. Let it die. Because if you do, then I will bring you resurrection life. I'll bring it. <clears throat> if you allow me to do it the way I want to do it, then I'll bring you life and life more abundantly. And yes, sorrow may last for the night, but joy but joy comes in the morning. See, we must trust that God is operating with the insight of hindsight. We gotta know that. You know, when I was preparing for this message, right, the Lord started to remind me of my journey with him. He started to take me through it, and what a journey it's been. And, and I started to look back over, over my life, and he started showing me all these things that I went through and how at the time I seen those things as failures in my life. But now that I have the insight of hindsight, I see that God's seen those things as opportunities. Opportunities for me to bring him glory. Opportunities 
for me to have a trust in him. And you know, I can, I can remember my drug addiction, eight years of heroin addiction, over 15 years of drug addiction in my life. And man, they were rough, rough years. And, and man, I can remember trying to get off them drugs in any way that I could. I mean, I tried everything, but, but, but I, couldn't, I couldn't get off of them. I mean, I tried it all. I, I tried to take the 12 steps. I, I, tried, I tried self-help classes. I tried workshops. I, I tried anything imaginable that you could try. Until finally, I sent for Jesus. Finally, I called on the name of Jesus. And everything in my life changed from that moment. Everything. Was everything perfect? No, I still had to walk through life and deal with different things that God was still removing and calling me to let die. But man, everything changed. And God started to remind me about a specific situation that could only be seen with hindsight. Very specific. Because you see, God opened up this door for me to go to a faith-based rehab in Johnstown, PA. Well, why is that significant? Well, I was from Columbus, right around Columbus, Ohio. That's a long way away. That's a long way away. But yet it played such a significant part in my life. It was huge. See, he could have, he could have saved me and helped me and sent me anywhere else that he wanted to send me. God could have done whatever he wanted to do. And to be honest with you, I actually begged God to send me somewhere else. Begged him. God, please don't make me go there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I was like, please, Lord. I don't want to go five hours away from my family and around a bunch of people I don't know. God, I don't, I don't want to lose a whole year of my life. Like, God, please do it a different way. Do it the way that I want you to do it. But what I didn't know then that obviously I know now is I met my future brother-in-law at that place in Johnstown. Now, obviously I didn't know that, neither did my wife at the time. <laughs> she wasn't in the market, right? Like, <laughs> for a guy trying to get sober, you know what I mean? But you see, God was doing something so much bigger than I could possibly ever fathom or imagine or see with natural sight. I, I, I didn't know it. And he was doing something so big for me, even in the midst of my worst circumstances, even those circumstances that were caused by me, not by somebody else, by me. And man, I prayed and I asked Jesus, man, Lord, take this from me. Do it another way. Do, do, you can do it if you want to do it. I was like, Martha, you could even do it now, God, even when I was there. I was like, God, I know if you ask God, you, you can take it from me right now. I, I can leave this place. Get me out of here. I believe you can do it. But see, God was causing something to die in me so that he could bring resurrection life for me. If I never would have went to that specific place at that specific time, I mean, literally specific, and it had to be when I got there. Man, who knows? Who knows? If Jesus didn't do it the way he did it, maybe heroin addiction would still be alive. I know for a fact I'd have never met my wife. For a fact. Even if it was two months later, I wouldn't have met her. Because my brother-in-law was already graduating. It's amazing. I wouldn't have the life that I have today if Jesus would have gave it to me the way I wanted him to give it to me. I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have my kids, my beautiful kids. Wouldn't be the pastor of the church right now. Maybe you're saying, well, God, you should have done it that way. <laughs> well, God, maybe you should have. <clears throat> My life would look completely different. I would have missed out on the resurrection and the life that God desired for my life. And see, now that I have hindsight, well, now I can see it. Like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Even at the moment that you, you called me forth out of darkness even from that moment you were doing something so much larger you were you were working all things together for my good and your glory i didn't see it but god seen it the entire time <laughs> do you believe this 
The question is, do you believe this? Another question I asked earlier was, how do we make it through a life that we have no control over the outcomes? We have very little control over what comes at us. Matter of fact, so little in fact, that Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because today's got enough trouble of its own. Deal with today. Let's get through today. Then we'll worry about tomorrow. Like that's how little control we have over anything. How do we make it through something like that? The only way I know how is to put my trust in the one that has the control, that has my eternity held in the palm of his hand. The one that will uphold me with his mighty righteous right hand. The one that will protect me, that will never leave me nor forsake me. See, God wants us to trust him. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Do do you actually trust that he is working? All things. Every single thing. He's working it all out for your good and his glory. Do you trust that He wants the best for your life. Do you trust that? And will you allow him to to cause things to die and then leave them dead? Will you let the things that need to die, die so that he can bring you resurrection life? Listen, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Not that he was just resurrected one time, No, no. He in and of himself is resurrection and life. Do you know why? Because when he defeated death, death remained in the grave. It didn't come back out. Like Jesus didn't go in and die. And then when he came back out, he was like, oh man, this thing's nipping at my heels. No, no, no. He left it in the grave so that death no longer could remain. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And I wonder how many times, how many times do we let things die in our life? People, places, and things, we let them die? Only to allow them to creep back into our life. Only to allow them to grab us once again. How many times do we do that? But see, Jesus wants the things to die and have them remain dead. Not to grab us any longer. So we must must leave those relationships in the grave. Leave that career in the grave. Leave that addiction in the grave. Leave that shame in the grave. Leave the guilt in the grave. So that only Christ in you remains. This is what he's after. We must trust. Trust God and let the things that need to die, die so that he is the one that resurrects and brings life into our life. Not us breathing life into it. Let him resurrect it. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? See, you've got to believe it before you'll receive it. And listen to me, your mama can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you, even though they would. They can't. Not your grandmama, not your papa, none of that. Not boyfriend, girlfriend, not husband, wife. They can't do it for you. Only you can do it. Only you have to answer the question, do you believe this? Do you believe that you can run to Christ in every crisis that this life throws at you? Do you actually believe that Jesus loves you, fully loves you, right where you are today in the moment that you're in, right now that he can't love you any more than he loves you so you have to believe that God is looking with the insight of hindsight at your entire life he's already at the end of it seeing how he desires to direct it how he desires to bring resurrection into it if we will if we'll allow him and trust him you have to believe this you got to believe that those things he wants to die in your life, it's for a greater plan and a greater purpose. That he has your best interest at heart. Do you believe the miracle of resurrection? Do you believe it? Because see, God wants to, to give you that, specifically you. 
He did it for Lazarus and Martha and Mary. That means he'll do it for you and me. The question is, do you believe it? Come on, stand to your feet, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Please don't be moving and grabbing stuff to get out and beat, beat people out. It's a super important time. Just fix your hearts on Jesus for a moment. Maybe you're here uh, today and you know there are things in your life that needs to die. You know it. And here's the truth. Only you know it and God knows it. You two are the only ones that know it. And you need to let those things die. Maybe it's even you need to die to yourself to your own ambitions, to your own desires. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ this morning. Or maybe, maybe you need to walk away from a relationship. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe right now you're in the middle of terrible circumstances that life has thrown at you. And you're just not sure how to get through it. Man, listen, don't leave this place today the same way that you came in with those things holding you, trying to keep you from the promises of God. And right now, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray over you. So just open your heart, put your hands out in front of you like you're gonna receive something right now. Lord, you see every heart and every situation right here in this place. Lord, even those on the other side of this camera, God, you... You see them, you're with them, and you know what what they need. You, You know what they need saved from. You know where they need help. And so I ask right now that you search every heart here and meet them right where they are. Reveal yourself to them right where you are today. I pray those that are far from you, Jesus, right now by the Holy Spirit, that they would they would start to be beckoned to your call. that their heart would be softened by your spirit to receive you. I pray that, Lord, and for those that are to leave relationships behind them, I pray for strength over them. I pray that. I pray you would help them and strengthen them to be able to do that. Lord, and whoever's walking through difficult circumstances, I pray right now they would understand that they can run to you with every every need and every crisis. And that you'll be there to help them and uphold them. Lord, you see the needs. And I pray right now that each and every one of us would feel your spirit coming upon us to help us and to save us. Lord, I thank you for your people. God, I speak a blessing over your people. I speak strength and comfort over them even now. In Jesus' mighty name.